probably makes it a whole lot easier to like edit a podcast when you have chunks of stuff to you know it's simpler yeah yeah you could try it without make it challenging for him i have tried without my own file once remember that (laughs) yeah what the is going on down there I'm gonna give it another try. I just need to do it from the ground up with a tutorial because I feel mm-hmm. like I tried. I did it halfway with the tutorial and then I forgot to like connect. Just the, one of the, these times, just toss Discord on your phone and I can potentially talk you through it. I don't want to take time away from you watching Common Rider build. So you need to get caught up. If we're gonna run the Common Rider build supplemental, that's gonna be you know half an hour for each of the 49 episodes. <laughs> Then, you know, we gotta get going on that. Anyway, hi, welcome to WTFTFW. We're a Transformers podcast, it turns out. And I'm joined by Aaron. Hey. And I'm joined by TJ. Hello. And we're here to do, actually, a bunch of listener questions. Because a lot of the Transformers news has just been, like, more pictures of toys we we kind of talked about. The biggest news <clears throat> that's not in the topic list, I think, toy-wise, is that Cog can separate into Gasket and Gromit, because it's in the Figure King scans. So, uh, there, that's our hidden topic, which it kind of looked like he was already going to be able to do anyway, but it's nice to see confirmation. Also, the first two episodes of Cyberverse are up, and according to the front page post, they're US only, so I didn't even go to look yet. Uh, but then I saw Chris McFeely, who is not an American, was talking about watching them, so I'm sure there's some kind of ulterior way I could if I wanted to, but then he also said they were very serialized, so I don't want to watch two episodes of a serialized thing and then have to wait several weeks to see the rest. So I might just wait for a little bit. Did either of you check out Cyberverse yet? Uh, no, I've not had the nope. chance. Yeah, I uh, I want to wait. I think if it's that serialized up front, until at least until like the natural break happens, because I just don't want to be stuck waiting. And I I just want to I want to take in a bunch of it at once. Mouthfuls of Cyberverse. Apparently, it's it's uh, pretty solid. Um, so I want to I'm I'm looking forward to it, but. Uh, yeah, we just got some listener questiony stuff. Uh, we got a couple of real quick ones here. One of them is actually more of a statement than a question. I'll just bop that one out right now. This comes from Ezim93. This is kind of the end cap on our Hearts of Steel third-party Bumblebee talk. Uh, Ezim says, Admittedly, this isn't uh, much of a viewer question as it is commenting on a previous episode. I was one of the lucky few to snag that third-party Hearts of Steel Bumblebee at TFCon. It was at the Chosen's Prime booth, which is a surprise to me, and it looked like they had around three or four but I don't know if they had any extras lying around somewhere else. I'm going to guess they didn't. Uh, it stinks that this was hard to come by. I feel that like given this design's popularity boost, thanks to revolutionaries, this would have been easier to come by. That's how I felt. I did not see a single one at Chosen Prime's booth, and I feel like I got a look in there really close to the beginning of, of the dealer room opening. Uh, I only I, I heard the about there being a thing few is, like, at source. Also, the way that some of those places have their stuff set up, like Chosen yeah. Prime, sometimes, like if you went to the wrong side of their booth, you might not see a thing, especially because that was, the, if I'm remembering right, that one's relatively smaller box so, as well, right? I mean, it's not of. like it's not like espionage flippers where he's like tiny, yeah, it's and like pocketable. It's like, it's like about three times the size and then like twice as thick. So it's still small enough of a box. If they had like four of them on the other side of where you went in to take a look and like, "Ah, I think this would kind of be over with the 
Iron Factory because it's more like the Iron Factory rather than the giant Mondo $500 boxes. And that yeah. just happened to be where they had the space for it as they did their setup. Yeah, it's like it's not a small box, but it is the kind of box that would blend in with a lot of add-ons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the kind of box that is still dwarfed by a lot of, you know, Masterpiece-alike boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know Chosen Prime even had any. Uh, so, you know, grats to everyone who did get a hold of one at TFCon. It's not hard to get a hold of one now. Um, you know, a lot of Chinese eBay sellers have them. They're getting out to all the major North American retailers. But uh, what a saga that was of everyone assuming that toy would be everywhere. Because, <laughs> yeah, Centurion is fantastic uh, in Revolutionaries, and I... I thought that there would be more going on. Uh, the toy does also need a new head sculpt to look more like Centurion uh, with the faceplate. But that brings us to our first actual listener question question. And Aaron, would you like to read this one? Sure. Uh, listener question from Soundwave Superior 21 on uh, August 6, 2018. And he says, Hey guys, I've got a listener question. I'm planning on starting masterpiece collection but i don't know how and where i should start should i stay exclusive to the official line or should i do third party can't wait to hear your response so i think that like the the question to ask because now you have the options is do you want them to look like the cartoon or like the old toys and then based off that i would say pursue uh some official masterpieces if they fit that category because they're going to be like your baseline tasting pool uh, and then look at third-party ones if you see uh, some out there that feel like they are characters that have not happened officially yet, or if you just think they look better. But um, I feel like the heart of Masterpiece is its engineering. Many would argue it's the visuals. I think it's the engineering, to be honest. And I think that a lot of that is still most solidly represented at, at its core in the official Masterpiece line. Uh, so I'd recommend taking a look there and seeing what you think looks cool. But between official and third-party, you you can totally choose a focus right away um i don't know aaron do you have any any particular starting points you'd recommend um i'd probably say for as broad as the uh the the question is here i would probably say what fits your price point and your your draw so like if you really want the the official things and uh, you kind of feel skeezy about the third party. Let that happen. If you don't care about the the first party, third party stuff, and there's something that you like, you like the look of one of them, that should be the one that you buy. Because if you like the look of it, odds are you're probably going to like it a little bit better right off the bat. You know, if you think that the way that, <clears throat> you know, the Masterpiece Sunstreaker looks, you don't like the way he looks, but gosh darn it, he's the official one. So I've got to buy that one. You're going to end up, you're like setting yourself up to try and to buy something that maybe you don't like. Yeah. And, and there are people who have made great cases for Bad Cube's uh, Sun Surge, even though it's got like this, I think, overstated difficult transformation, which is not as difficult as several other ones I've messed with. Uh, Sun Surge also hits a few more toyetic ticks uh, a lot more solidly uh, if you prefer that style of Sunstreaker. So um, the, the other thing I'll, I'd throw in there is that if you like the look of anything, you're in the beautiful position of there being like volumes of feedback for every single one of those toys. If you want to, you know, dig a little deeper, figure out like if you prefer the way that one of them transforms, etc. If that's your thing, mm-hmm. um, TJ, what about you? Like, we're, we're do you have any other ideas for like someone who's just who just has not dipped a toe in masterpiece yet? I kind of agree with you that for me, masterpiece is more about 
the engineering experience rather than final product because we still do get very toy centric and or anime centric depending on your generation of official but mm-hmm. what i find is that well got so many masterpiece piece alike toys in your third party offerings i still find some of the most clever and best feeling engineering still comes from the official sources mm-hmm. there's that, just that, so yeah. Many- yeah, because like we've had toys lately like Sunstreaker and Dinobot, where it's literally like, I don't know how I got from one to the other, even though I just did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not a slight against some of the engineering coming out of third-party companies, because there's several that I, I really like. But the identity of Transformers Masterpiece to me in 2018 is pushing the limits of engineering uh, while under the umbrella of the official brand. Um, and this is not any kind of brand loyalty thing. I guess I should really state clearly, like, I I don't think that you should do this because it supports the brand 100%. It's just where I think the identity of Masterpiece as a concept lies first. A lot of third-party offerings lean a little bit more towards the visual side, and that might be what you want out of Masterpiece, in which case there's so much you can look at right now. But, um, a lot of third-party company offerings as far as their engineering, still feel more like this is one of this company's releases more than it is this is an entry in Transformers Masterpiece. Uh, and some third-party you know, third company engineering stylings are you know wildly different from company to company as well. Uh, I just feel like Masterpiece alikes, to me, always feel more like one of this company's pieces than, you know, like a full-on entry in the engineering oeuvre um, that we have with Masterpiece right now. So... I don't know if this actually really, like, gave you a very clear starting point, but hopefully this at least opened, like, clear starting lanes for you. Um, And just embrace the fact that going into Masterpiece right now means that you have all the options in the world. Uh, The only caution I would give you is don't buy sealed official Masterpieces on eBay, because a lot of auctions clearly mark uh, knockoff official masterpieces um but there are a lot of auctions that don't and there's some some of the the duplicate uh, official masterpiece toys are okay a lot of them are very demonstrably worse uh in in several respects there's a lot of threads that break it down but uh you know don't get duped if you can avoid it if you're going to get official masterpiece toys from 2012 to 2015 for instance try to get them off of a, a trusted retailer or uh you know another fan um but uh, yeah, just do your research, and it's all right there, and it, it, it's very accessible now. Um, speaking of research, we got uh, one of the last missing pieces of information on upcoming Studio Series stuff, because someone found uh, <laughs> and bought Studio Series number 15, the mysterious Bumblebee and Charlie two-pack uh, from the new movie, where it's a muscle car Bumblebee and a little figurine of Charlie, uh, the human lead from the Bumblebee movie. And now we see what this two pack is. It's uh, it's a it's a you know classic Camaro Bumblebee, the muscle car version. Uh, it's Charlie, but then it's also a bunch of parts, and you can customize Bumblebee's car mode, uh, not just with some included decals, but also with like you know a tail fin, different engines. Um, it has like... two different spoilers, not one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a fatter one and a thin one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like an exposed engine on the front. It looks like a different bumper and different fenders. Yeah, different front front bumper, different uh, sidewall uh, fender pieces that run like the whole length from front wheel to to back wheel. Yeah, um, one that's just like a scoop, and one that's like the big, like funny car V eight sticking up out of the hood. 
Yeah. Um, and that is, that looks to me to be the same mold as um, the new Bumblebee Camaro. The Studio um, Series one or the... Uh... Yeah, the Studio Series one, because I've got right. the the gold SDCC one right here, um, hint to what we got this week, and mm-hmm. it's this, it looks uh, all the same. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, because I, I just wanted to say up front, I think this concept is amazing. I think this concept works extremely well with the nature of how movie Transformers reformat. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's not like, you know, the, the mind-blowing. It's just it's a really solid-looking concept. If in execution, you know, the pieces clip on real solid and swap really easily. Like, I like this idea a lot. Um, the decal thing, not so much, but, you know, it's because decals and Hasbro decals tend to suck, unfortunately. But, uh... I haven't read to see how this actually turned out after, after, uh, who was the user? Um, Megatronics1002, uh, opened it up. I just saw the, the photos, but yeah, Aaron, it sounds like, uh, you've got, you've got a grasp with your uh, scientific engineering background on what all of these, uh, car parts are. I'd, or you just know what car parts are. I mean, with your scientific engineering background. Yes. Sure. Fine. Um, you've got the gold bumblebee. Are you thinking you might, do you have any temptation for this with all the, the parts swapping? <sighs> Not terribly. Like if it was the price of a deluxe, it'd probably be a, a, a pretty easy pick. Um, oh, wait, since I price? know, since I know it's not, um, I forgot to look at that receipt. Up again. Yeah. Was it, well, I'm reading subtotal $10. That can't possibly be, uh. Unless he got really lucky. <laughs> that that receipt does say nine ninety nine. Yeah, that does say nine I hmm. <laughs> That I I wonder if this is a thing that like didn't ring up right and they were yeah. just like, Yeah, I mean, sure, ten dollars. You remember I mean, do you remember when Target put out those big two packs from Transformers Animated with the repaints and the extra figure in there and they're like five bucks? I, I also remember getting the, uh, what was it, the Stormtrooper versus Poe Dameron with the Riot Stick 2-pack, and because it wasn't in their system, they sold it to me for $10 or something like that. Mm. That's probably what happened. Okay. I, I'd missed that part of the story entirely. That's a, You know what? Super grats to Megatronics 10 or 2. That's a fantastic find. A toy <laughs> yeah. that's not supposed to be out yet that you got for 10 bucks, and this thing's probably more like 20 or 30 yeah, uh, I'd figure 25? with the del- yeah. deluxes now being yeah. about twenty dollars, this would probably be about twenty five to thirty. Yeah, um, like that's a little <laughs> bit wow. steep to be like the third time around on this mold. Congrats, though. Like I, I, I can't even care about the price now. <laughs> Just found out that someone hit a, a little micro jackpot. And like about the only reason why would be the fact that it looks like it has enough extra parts to like dolly up two toys that and the charlie figure and the okay the single molded (laughs) thing with like two paint apps that's still something you know they had to they're they're three apps four it kind of we got you got the you got her you got her tops you got her jeans you got her hair you got the bumblebee print whatever maybe six or seven she's got a thing on her shirt eyeballs yeah but i was saying because of like the sticker sheets as well because it looks like it has a like a the the like blue and white inner John and Bumblebee themed thing, and then also like just a racing stripe theme. Yeah. So you could theoretically like punch up a couple of your toys 
rather than just this one. But I'm and not that interested. It's a shame that the stickers uh, are kind of like pick one or the other. Um, right. I don't the technology. I can't explain to you how it would work, but it would be cool if those stickers were easily swappable. Because um, I mean, immediately the thing you think is like, well, static cling vinyl, but then they'd be like twice as thick, and it would look awful on mm-hmm. the figure. <laughs> um, TJ, how are you feeling about this set? Um, I mean, this is this is one of the Studio Series toys that did you wrong with extra little bits and pieces. So I'm not expecting tons. <laughs> uh, yeah. To, to be fair, it all depends on how well the whole thing holds together. You know? I didn't exactly have that kind of luck with mine on the first go around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, uh, I, I think that we'll, we'll also find something else out later in the show about the state of Studio Series Bumblebee being re-released. Uh, you um, know, possibly more than once. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, like, it, like if they shorted up the engineering and tightened up the joints, okay, perfectly fine. I think this is a really cool concept to be able to physically customize your transformer however you want. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would kind of be in favor of this a little bit more often, depending on the price. If it's only like an extra five bucks, considering there's no engineering in those parts, it's literally just hunks of plastic we stick on them. Okay, yeah. I'd be totally down for that on more than just one toy. I also want, like, I'm thinking maybe outside of the reasonable box here, but like, you know, with, it sounds like the Decepticons in the Bumblebee movie all having at least two different alt modes... Instead, instead of going straight up for triple changers, wouldn't it be kind of cool if, like, um, like, you know, like Dropkick, for instance, and Shatter were a robot that kind of transformed into a similarly shaped, like, vehicular core, and then you could, like, shell it to be either an aircraft or a truck, you know, or a car? Like, I feel like there's places this could go that are interesting mm-hmm. um, that, that would allow t- for that kind of stuff. Yeah, what you're talking about is a modular Prime Viacon. Yes, basically. Which, you know what? Yeah, I sure would be cool with that. Uh, this whole package, as a prime vehicle, or just as a vehicle, you know, for air and land, make the figurine like some kind of, I don't know, vehicle minicon engineering pit, pit stop little dude. Like, I, I don't know. There's something to this that I kind of like um, for trying to pull off this kind of thing without literally, like, to have the car transform into the other car would obviously be way cooler, but... You know, within a more reasonable price point, this is still a cool idea, I think. Um, Also, it's a bummer, as I'm reading further, that the Bumblebee figure itself is missing uh, a bunch of paint apps uh, in order to facilitate all this, where I'm sure the thinking is, well, we gave you stickers, and it's like, well, you did, didn't you? Um, (laughs) Anyway, that's kind of cool that that, that's kind of popped up uh, happenstance and, and filled in that last little gap of ours on Studio Series until... We see more of it. There was just that whole thing of a bunch of Australian listings popping up, and then that's exciting. Um, but we haven't seen any pictures of those, and some of those listings, we don't know what they are. So there's a bit of a ceiling on how far we can take talking about that. Um, there is no ceiling, however, on taking more listener questions, and we got some more listener questions. We got one here from Shift Shock, who says, hey, I have a listener question. As a kid of primarily the 90s, I fell in love with Transformers by watching bits of G1 through G2 re-airings, but my greatest adoration for the brand was Beast Wars. So when Masterpiece Beast Wars became a thing, I was ecstatic. Dinobot's always been a favorite character of mine. The anti-hero badass who at the end of the day does the honorable and decent thing. When we received pics of him, it was understandable there would be some extra girth because of the magic trick he'd have to accomplish. However, his price was staggering. I understood the cost, or I understand the cost, at least partly due to the toy's research and development, sort of limited desirable repaint options and electronics and gimmicks. 
My question to you and whomever you're podcasting with is this. With several characters from the first season of Beast Wars that cheated transformation, Dinobot, Black Arachne, Scorponok, Airazor, and Pterosaur, if there was a screen-accurate figure line of said mentioning or said mentioned cheating characters, would any of you or the listeners be interested? Let's say each set was a two-pack, including one character's bot mode and beast mode, with swappable options like Air Razor's beast mode wings splayed and wings folded for standing. Sort of like SH Fig Arts. Price with, okay, you know what? This is basically like, what if we did action figures of Beast Wars? Mm-hmm. Um... Because this price would, depending, you know, who made them be more friendly, characters have more level of accuracy, they wouldn't transform, but they wouldn't have uh, wonky proportions. So yeah, it, it is basically like the, the thing I've, I've constantly presented uh, in the, the G1 side, which is like, if y'all don't transform your toys much anyway, would you be up for paying way less to have a really good looking robot action figure? I absolutely would. Um, for Beast Wars especially, I would love action figures that were just loving and heavily engineered for articulation copies of the 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 cg models basically like i think that would be amazing i think that would be super fun uh even if they were like not just not cheap if they were like 40 50 bucks a piece if they were done to uh you know a fig arts level of caliber i would be super down for that absolutely um tj what about you like like Dinobot without all the transformation but also like he just looks like he's off the screen i well, well, I was going to say, yeah, I, I just bought a Dinobot who looked like he just came off the screen. But I understand mm-hmm. the point here. Uh, like, you're basically wanting Marvel Legends for Transformers. Yeah, you, I, you don't have to have Dinobot also containing a, a Velociraptor in his chest. I want them to contain a Velociraptor in his chest. More things should contain Velociraptors in their chests. Well, hey, listen, you, I'm not Always saying been that a, we're going to... We're not going to erase the one who exists already who contains a Velociraptor in his chest, because absolutely, there, there should be more Velociraptors in chest. But, yes, yeah, I, I have advocated for that for the years. You know this. <laughs> it, it's, an inter- it's interesting in concept, and I know with Beast Wars, there's only so much you can do. Like, Beast Wars in particular, you know, because there's mm. so much cheating going on. And there's a lot of different characters over the years that don't really have a toy that defines them because they're you know, for whatever reason their designs or whatever are so cheated or so altered in animation uh i would be i would be i would have a passing interest in this it really depends on how well it's delivered and what what all you could do with them i mean i think i think articulation would be paramount if they were oh, going to do well, this well of course um articulation and probably the paintwork to be honest like to get that that specific mainframey look Oh, oh yeah! If you could have them just all like super shiny, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, you know, like you know, ni- you know, nineties chrome effect CGI. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because c- c- to me, the farther you you stray from that look, if you were to do this line, the less that you could look at this line as something that that has any reason to exist. Because like, if you're not making them look like the mainframe models, then why are you making them look like they've cheated a transformation? <laughs> If you mm-hmm, make them look more right. like they have a transformation, then just make them trans. Like you know, it's like th- this would exist as an alternative to kind of the conversation we had when we all got our Dinobots, right? Of like, uh, due to Dinobot, I am now kind of looking forward to seeing them doing like Air Razor and Terrorsaur because I'm like, no, you guys actually could pull this off. It would be expensive, but I want to know how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but you know obviously the, uh, with that said I I think this would be a really cool option. Also, if they were to say like, hey, we don't think we can sell four or five more of these mainframe CG cheat transformations that we've actually done in real life, 
it's like, hey, if you do robot modes scaled to go with them who are just the robot modes, I wouldn't be mad. Um, you know, beast modes too, I guess, but the robot modes to me are are the characters when it comes to Beast Wars. Um So I yeah, I I'm Aaron, are would you be down into this this idea? So action masters. Yeah. Like thanks, it took thanks, that long to come around. Thanks, subforum <coughs> replier. I was wondering yeah. where you were. To say action masters every single time an action figure of a transformer comes out. No, I think as long if as long as it stayed at a good price point, but also pulled off the character. Like if you could get that to like a thirty dollar, thirty five dollar price point, and was like a line in that scale. Because I'm again thinking figure arts prices, but I know figure arts prices have gone up from there. Mm. Um, but so- something in that range would be good. But by the time that you're getting into I think what what is about normal figure arts prices now? Because it's getting like seventy or eighty for a figure arts now. So it it actually varies, and it depends if you're getting them from the source or imported. Um, figure arts, as far as I've seen, can are, are anywhere from about four thousand to seven thousand yen, basically. Okay, uh, which is about thirty to sixty bucks ish American. I can't remember that conversion super okay. well. Uh, but you <laughs> all know, right, then, yeah, then looking sh- at looking at, bi- looking at big bad, it's between. Well, like they have some that are super cheap that look like maybe nobody that's super cheap because nobody's bought it. But a lot of them are hovering around like the 50 to 70 dollar range. So Big Bad is getting some from Bluefin. Big Bad is also just straight up importing some themselves. Right. Uh, that's why they have some fig arts that are over 100 bucks because those they, they are they're they found a distributor to get them Tamashi Web exclusives. But I suspect that they are paying middleman prices still. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there'd probably be a ceiling to it where, like, if it was a very poseable, very good looking version that, okay, not necessarily has to transform. But if you start pushing that $100 range, people are going to be going like, why doesn't, why doesn't it just transform? It's, yeah, you, know, I, you, could just, you, know, you could just have it transform. I wish this conversation, not your the one we're having, but like that general conversation, I wish it felt like it was moving forward at all in the last two or three years, but it's like we're just in this stopgap and like I don't it's not like I don't understand it. Obviously, people who like Transformers inherently really like toys that turn from one thing to the other. But like I don't have as much patience anymore for the like doe-eyed questioning of like but wait, it doesn't transform, then why are they making it? It's kind of like for, for mm-hmm. crying out loud like it ex- because because transformers are also in, at some points just the robot mode in some folks minds enough that just a, a good robot toy can fulfill that there's there's a justification for it that i guess does still need to be explained but like i feel like this explanation's been going on for literally years and it's getting kind of gatekeepery of me to to go down this tangent i admit but like Sometimes I'm just sitting there like, I don't know, maybe I'll just stop having the conversation. Just let me let me just go over here and be a, and be into my flame toys. <laughs> um anyway, I'm I'm all into that idea myself and I, and I also am into that idea for G1 characters too. Uh not open and play. Um I want to say Sigma something or other, but that company doesn't exist anymore. Before and after, uh they did a, a G1 tune accurate basically action figure of Devastator, uh who was about 8 or 9 inches tall excellent action figure it's a really cool idea and i wish that idea had continued because it was super neat like it was literally off the storyboards off the screen caps 
in the way where it is literally impossible for it to ever have transformed because it's been fluoro dairied into like just random shapes and circles instead of wheels. Uh, but it's kind of cool that it's a posable action figure. Uh, anyway, there's a PS on here from Shift Chalk, which I also want to throw out there as a shout out. Uh, he says, PS, a while back, you had a listener question about fanfics set between G1 and Beast Wars. I mentioned then in the comment section, I had a long connecting story in my head. I started writing that story. I have the first eight chapters completed and listed under the fanfiction section. Uh, I try to upload new chapters weekly. The title is Transformers Continuum. So if you want to check that out, that should be in the fanfiction section of TFW's uh, community center system do we still call the message boards or do I, I don't know yeah i'm not actually I, sure I, I log into the message boards for this and when i get a notification that other dumb stuff has happened yeah um yeah i i, I think we're still calling it a message board i only say this because we like dms or, or pms are now called conversations mm-hmm. and it didn't confuse me but it has confused communications about them with people who didn't use the boards before that happened so yeah. send uh, me a pm what's that and I'm like, oh, private right. message. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's nothing it's... on the board that says private message anymore. <laughs> that would be confusing for someone who just signed up. Uh, anyway, yeah, go check out Transformers Continuum if you have some interest in fan fiction stuff. Um, also, TJ just shared a picture from which I saw on the front page because we're you know there's there's always upscaled knockoff stuff happening, especially with the movie toys. Someone's making oh an upscaled God. an upscaled Studio Series Grimlock who's well bigger than a leader toy. Uh, he is over twice as tall as the Voyager Optimus from Studio Series in robot mode, such that that Optimus can properly ride him in T Rex mode. You know why that exists? Because I, I we learned... could we could probably ride that thing in T Rex yeah. mode. I have learned that, uh, especially in the Chinese market, bigger is seen as better, um, particularly when you are parents just wanting to buy something for your kids. Uh, that is why upscaled knockoffs um, have such a baseline coming out of there, because it, it actually makes <laughs> Oh, you only saleable. bought your son the the 16-inch tall. Oh, we have a, a, life-si- we have a life-size <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex in the backyard for our son <laughs> to play with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a, I mean, there, there's upscale knockoffs of literally every studio series toy being announced before they hit shelves so there there is a very large uh, grimlock coming um the the speed of the, of, of those uh like upscales makes me really wonder if there is still a big cad leak going on because like an upscale of, of leader blackout has been like an event for wei Zhang since about two days before anyone had leader blackout uh yeah this is actually we're gonna it's- because I didn't want—it's not the same factory. It's the factory across the road. I didn't want totally stuff different company. This topic list with like eighteen <laughs> listener questions, but I'm I'm kind of saving us a pretty cool pair of listener questions all about that stuff for a later date. Um, but yeah, we are going to talk about that stuff on here. We've talked about it before, but we'll talk about it as a listener question answer at another date. In the meantime, we have a question here from Badlander eighty six. Uh, TJ, would you like to read this one? No. All right. We'll just sit here and we'll stare at wait. you. Yeah. No, no one ever says no, so I'm just going to be contrarian. <laughs> 18, now, you can say it's, now you can say it's happened to those of you mm-hmm. who say it never happens. Hey, team. Hope 2018 has been kind to you and yours. I have a question regarding the general attitude toward visual aesthetics for the Transformers franchise. This comes off the very aggressive pushback from some of the fans of an unrelated fandom, the She-Ra people. She-Ra people. The She-Ra people. (laughs) uh, Who seem seem very unhappy with the anime-like 
uh, Gendy Tarkovsky-esque aesthetic that the new Netflix series is going to be in. Was there any particular aesthetics in Transformers that you and the team particularly liked or hated, whether it was Play School Animated, Heroic 2005 Robots in Disguise, Anime Robots in Disguise, Battletech, Clunky, Cybertron, Slash Galaxy Force, etc.? Or do you believe a character should uh, define the visual aesthetics for his or herself? For example, a character like Blur should be designed very slim and sleek to give off the a similar tone. A character like Ironhide should be designed heavy set and robust. You still are. Do you think a single show or series of toys could accommodate a variety of aesthetics in the same narrative? Fortunately, I do not follow the comics to read, not enough time, though maybe it's already being done. Thank you for your time. Stay safe and keep on trucking. Just before, like, like I think when it comes to the the that divide between the characters having aesthetic or the show having an aesthetic i think it's been proven with several shows that both of those things can coexist like Mm -hmm. uh animated and prime being the two easiest examples because they hit a lot of characters and had a, a lot of longevity and had their own styles but like in both those series there are characters who are under the aesthetic umbrella of those series also clearly those characters like animated blur is clearly blur but also clearly animated um, similar thing for uh, for Ironhide uh, in both uh, in both series. Technically, if you look at the toy from Prime, like Ironhide is there under the umbrella of those aesthetics. So I think I don't think there's a, there's there's an either or with this. I think it's pretty set. You know that like characters don't have to give up their identity necessarily to exist in another aesthetic. Um, because I think the the easier thing to focus on <laughs> is that first question. Uh, which is just like aesthetics and transformers that you've uh, liked or disliked, or I guess hated, uh, if you are one of the Shira people, uh, which I th- guess is some kind of pseudonym for one of the crowdfunded hate platform people uh, who constantly search for more things to be angry about. Because if they don't, then their patrons will eat them alive. I'm maybe making a statement about the state of discourse on the internet right now. I don't know. I'm just a Canadian, but um, like TJ, clearly you hate the Cybertron Galaxy Force aesthetic. Like, you know, you're, with your vaunted uh, disapproval of every representation of any character. Well, well, well speaking as a representative of the Transformer people. The, yes, from that from that uh, nation, you know, <laughs> who shares... You know what? Just just to, to point this out, we do share a southern borderline with the Shira people. So, you know, like, let's, let's oh, be yeah, real I'd here. Like, I'm nothing against the Shira people. Yeah. I mean, I, I still don't understand. That's what he this. says. That's what he says on Mike. Like the Shira people and the Heman people, to me, I, I still feel weird about referring to them separately. What with them all being in, you know, when I was growing up, they called it the Motu Nation. But like, uh, apparently, there's some kind of divide in there. Uh, not to mention those really weird sovereign citizens who all talk about 2000 X for some reason. Um, what were we talking about? How like, much do you hate no Galaxy Force? <laughs> we were talking aesthetic. Yes. Hmm. Uh, in particular, I'm not sure there's any... Like, if we're talking, like, in the cartoon series, I'm not sure if there's any aesthetic that really, like, put me off. I'm willing to give hmm. any art style a chance if it sells me on what it's doing and how it's working it. Okay, then it's fine. You know, I'm seeing more of this new Cyberverse cartoon in motion. Still haven't seen the episodes, but I'm starting to kind of get what they're going for as far as the overall look, and it's starting to move with me a little bit. 
Would you say, because this is what I would say, and, and it kind of bounces off of it, almost any Transformers aesthetic, once it's in motion, tends to make more sense regardless to how I felt seeing, like, an initial promo image. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we go through the same thing every time there's, like, a new Common Rider series where the suit design is yeah. like, oh, good lord, what is that? And then you see it in motion, it's like, oh, okay, okay, this actually kind of works. Um, In the case of Transformers, like, the only aesthetic animation-wise that kind of set me off was uh, there. Uh, anytime you saw the CG and the anime mix, which was Energon and Cybertron, mm-hmm. but Energon in particular because the an- the CG animation was so stiff. Here's what I'm going to say, because that's my answer for one I hated, and it's not just because of stupid mind-wiping stuff, but also... As cool as it was when you'd suddenly see a cell animated scene because something important was happening, what does it tell you that it looks like you stopped watching the in-game models and are now watching a cutscene because something important is happening? Yeah. Yeah. It's because even the people working on the show are like, oh, we can't pull off this emotion with this nonsense we're trying to do. Um, and so we'll, we'll, and we'll hand draw it. And it's like... It just makes the statement that the rest of the aesthetic just ain't working out right. And there there were times where the Energon aesthetic kind of worked here and there, like uh, in the opening two episodes when, when Tidal Wave is like touching down, kind of just like he's just stock still but floating down and rotating from, you know, being face to the floor to landing on his feet is like cannon fire is coming off all his turrets there's something about that that made him seem like an inhuman juggernaut of a, of a, a biped but you know that's the nicest thing i have to say about all that because <laughs> uh, like you saw like when optimus prime's bits would inflate out of the cloud when he's fighting unicron and it's like this just looks like you're playing with photoshop and it's real bad um granted maybe it was different for energon i saw the Superlink version because i'm a true fan yeah who hates the true fan version of it <laughs> Um, Aaron, what, what about you? Is there any aesthetic that uh, that ever rubbed you the wrong way? I can't... Like, a visual aesthetic? No. I don't think so. Mm. There's been, like... You know, the way that the, the Go 90 series were... That, like, that was a whole different thing. That, yeah, that that's I was, production aesthetic, yeah, which is awful. That, that, was, that was production, <laughs> which is an entirely different thing. They looked okay, but... And that's the thing that, like, I think a lot of people... Well, I mean, it comes back around to um, the way that, like, animated was originally seen. You know, when we first saw what animated looked like, there were a whole lot of people that were fired up about, like, uh, this looks dumb. And then, like, after the fact, I think everybody got a pretty solid uh, enjoyment out of it. And you it was see, just, you like... In motion, right? Yeah, you see it in motion, you see what it's doing, and it's like, oh, wow, that looks really good. And it, you know, it's not nearly as as messed up, and I even forget what they were calling it at first. Chinformers, I believe. Chin, was yeah, the... just some of that stuff was, like, a little bit over the top and, like, knee-jerk reaction. And then you see it, and you see it how it actually is, and it's like, yeah, okay, so that was, like... Just before the end of of concept concept artwork, not like what final product is even. So, <clears throat> I think most everything I've had a pretty uh, enjoyable take on. Yeah. Um, and more so, it's like I I do agree with the, you know kind of the second half of that conversation of of the question rather, and like you know blur should be I think that yeah blur should be sleep slick sleek and slim 
uh, two S words like that. You know, you can get, I think in any real design aesthetic, you can still have like, okay, this is what default guy looks like. Ironhide, he's beefier. Yeah. You throw his shoulders a little bit wider. You make his arms a little bit wider. You change the stance a little bit. You got Blur, who's supposed to be the the fastest Transformer alive. You make him skinnier. You give him like the the pointed things, like his head crest is pointed to give that you know standing still illusion of speed. Yeah, and or you Bulk, can have Bulkhead you can, being a good example too, right? Like a, a yeah. core character who technically was invented and animated, who then very clearly existed in Prime, which had a very different aesthetic. It's like that's almost the case made right there. Right, and that's the thing is you can go from aesthetic to aesthetic. You could have a a War for Cybertron looking blur that is go- you know standing next to a Bumblebee. He's taller and skinnier legs and has the like. The, the again like the speed liney things versus you could have a a bulkhead that's just a big bulky wall of a dude and you could have that between any aesthetic yeah and so i don't think that's i don't think that's a thing that's that the two parts of those aren't either or locked mm-hmm. and I, just, just to, to, to kind of cap off i did want to say like just to take the examples given i wanted to throw down my reasons for liking a lot of them uh although i'm going to take issue with how you came up with kind of nice ways to <laughs> to talk about the rest of them and then animated was the one that got play school because uh, every time i read play school i keep thinking yeah rescue rescue bots and it's like no wait we're not talking about that by the way rescue bots has a real if you ever watch that show in motion that show looks good Mm-hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. that—that—that's a show I still need to finish watching because, like, even in the early season when it was way, like a lot more clearly Flash style animation, the transformations look friggin' awesome in that show. Uh, it blew my—that's what blew my mind the first time I watched Rescue Bots, like episode one. I was like, these transformations look great. Um, but like animated is 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 like to steal a phrase from from uh, the character designer. It's like Orbots Transformers. Um, and it, and it is dynamic. It is super heroic. Uh, it's really cool. 2015 robots in disguise. I guess heroic kind of works for it. <laughs> it's more like, uh, you take the, the darker prime aesthetic and then you stop putting everything in shadow. So like reduce the light sources, I guess. But, uh, it was very much just kind of like prime light, uh, in a really solid transitional way that was built on the back of very solid animation. There was some really good, um, motion moments and that prime lived off of its light sources and its incredible action scenes. Um, original anime robots in disguise, uh, lived off of the stuff it pulled off with some of that stock footage. Cause it was a sort of lower budget, um, preschool kids toy commercial show. It was able to fit in some real Yusha ass speed line stuff. Cybertron galaxy force, Battletech clunky. Totally. Yes. As like a, cr- a crit, but also as a, uh, a compliment. Cause like for everything bad that I have to say about Energon Superlink, Cybertron galaxy force took that dumbass idea of 3d models of the toys, gave them real hands and then, like, gave them real faces to a degree. And then, I don't know, it, it somehow wrote it out. I think, again, also on the back of much better light sources. Um, it, it did something with, with a, like, on a very, like, basic, the dough this is made of level, I should probably have been really irritated by. And it, like, it, it just fixed a lot visually with that idea. Thankfully, also, the last time that idea ever happened. Uh is a good idea to try. Like, let's just make the toys in 3D and then animate the show with them so that the toys always look like what we're doing. But mm-hmm. 
Also, Cybertron Galaxy Force immediately ran into problems with that when it was like, okay, but what if the lion arm Optimus mode doesn't suck and we give him a hand? And then all of a sudden we're like, wait, now this toy is garbage. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, not garbage. It's a fine toy. It's just the arm mode. The arm mode, there's a thing that if the show had stuck with the toy, I think there's actually a way that you could have communicated that mode as like a legit savage claw. But what the show did was way cooler and a lot more Yusha. So I'm, I'm more into that. Uh, but I hope that answered your question, Badlander86. We've got one more listener question for this episode from Prime135, which I fast-tracked a little bit because it is a timely one. And, uh, you know, convention season is still fresh on on a lot of people's minds because we all have been to conventions in the last month or two. But, um, Aaron, do you want to read this one out? All right. From Prime135, August 23rd. That's like four days ago. I fast-tracked it. Yeah. I know. I was. I was. I was in f- reinforcing your statement. Yeah. Hello, you fine podcast sirs. Tis I, your friendly neighborhood environmentalist, the Porgamus Prime. And it's that time of year again. Someone is going to ask you about con etiquette, and that someone is myself. At the time of this writing, I will be attending my first TFCon in roughly two months, and I am pumped. All caps. Yeah. My question is, how does one properly do a TFCon? I've been to some local cons before, and even the last BotCon, but nothing quite like a TFCon. That said, are there any experiences I should make sure not to miss any panels or events in particular, other than the ones that the host of the podcast will be participating in? Absolutely not. You would recommend. Do I need to be at the dealer room first thing to make sure I get what I want? Any advice is appreciated. Thanks for your time, and sorry for the long question. And click. First off, that's not a long question. Yeah. There's like, like, like... But one of the other questions in this episode was longer or was shorter. I, I want to make like I, I get what you mean, um, but I, I want to maybe say TFCon is not like a wildly different experience from another con. Uh, all conventions for enthusiasts of something kind of have a shared baseline of what they're made out of. Um, so like for TFCon specifically, absolutely, there are certain things about it that are unique to it. But like, it's not like if you've been to local cons and the last bot con, you are well prepared for TFCon. Um, there's, there's, it's going to be a show with a dealer room and panels, you know. Um, and I, I don't actually know the programming layout for <laughs> the upcoming TFCon because uh, outside of stuff that we're doing, like obviously, if you like co- uh, cosplay, there's some really good cosplay in the Transformers community right now, and it's well worth checking out. Uh, if you know, there's Q and A panels, but that's kind of the same stuff they've had at your shows too. Uh, so go to Q and A panels if they're people you're interested in hearing from. Um, I don't because because a lot of the the, the fan run panels uh, at Toronto were like Ninjatron does a really a really solid one. I don't know if he's going to be there at the US one though. <laughs> Matt McNally did some really solid ones. I don't know if he's going to be at the US one though. I think he is. Um, so I, I can't really speak to specific programming. Um, but Aaron, like uh, the dealer room, I would like what I would say is if you really like the look of one of the third party exclusives you and it's like one everyone's talking about, then maybe you should get to the dealer room early. But like you I don't think you really miss tons. You miss one or two things if you're not in the dealer room early, like, you know, Heart Steel Bumblebee, it turns out. But like it's not like the dealer room only has good stuff for that opening half hour like yeah so i would only say for tfcon like just exactly that the third party stuff that's going to be exclusive to the show like that's going to be a 
about the only thing. And then even I think at Canada this year, most everything except for the like aforementioned stuff that wasn't really an exclusive, just nobody showed up with, yeah. um, is a thing that you'd have to be there right off the bat to get. Um, the people that go crazy for the uh, like the first in the room privileges uh, have very specific things that they're going for. Um, generally, it's like the the handcrafted stuff yeah. that that isn't like a toy thing that you'd it, be looking for. So it's going to be artist alley actually, where stuff disappears faster. Like for yeah. instance, if you really like um, uh, shattered needles plushes. Then you mm-hmm. do want to get there early because her stuff sells at lightning speed, just like it does on her Etsy store. Yeah. Uh, so you 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 will want to get in early for that. Or if, if uh, like like yeah, handcrafted stuff because there's just less of it too. Um, that can go faster if if it is by an artist that is well known and has a lot of followers showing up at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, otherwise the only stuff that disappears from the dealer room is sometimes the third party exclusives, uh, and then it, you know everything else is blind luck. You know, the blind luck of finding Hearts of Steel Bumblebee when there's only like seven or eight of them at the show, which you couldn't know beforehand. Or the blind luck Aaron had when he stumbled across a mislabeled pair of <sighs> Legends toys and got them for a fraction of their price. That's something you can't plan for, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, the only other advice I could think of is really just general convention advice. And if you've been to a few, like we could do a quick rundown because we've all just been to some shows of like, you know, the general advice. Outside of showering, we're going to assume... From this moment on and from moments before this onwards, I assume our listeners take showers. That's a classic three two one that I still think should really be like a five two one, but What's the three two one? I haven't heard that expression. Three two one is three hours of sleep, two meals, one shower. Oh, oh well yeah, it should be five two one. Yeah. Yeah. You uh three hours yeah, of sleep I, I, you can't I heard, do more than once. I heard a couple places for Gen Con saying like, Yeah, three remember the three two one rule. Your tabletop gameplay on three two one will be like a friggin' tanky. Like computer yeah, and now I'm two. going to <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm Can you I'm, imagine I've, playing a complicated I'm dicing. game on your I'm third dicing day? now? I've had nine hours of sleep in the last three days and I'm trying to play friggin' Warhammer forty thousand as well. Let me just try to find my aiming line you go face first through some sharp like friggin terrain yeah <laughs> yeah five two one absolutely like you don't need you know you can skimp on some sleep on a weekend if you're full of adrenaline and whatnot i've done it but like i may be four two one but that's with the caveat of only doing that once or twice in a row three two one is asking for trouble in my opinion yeah yeah um that's gonna just make you t- either sick uh, the next day from your immune system being so under fueled or it's going to lead to disappointment when you just conk w- when everyone's doing stuff later that night like right and that that's like i could see like three two one if it's also plus like a couple of naps in there yeah just you take like naps to, throughout the day like to sure. recharge okay you've got two hours in here like yeah. run back to your hotel room and take a 30 minute power nap and like you know I'm still take a, getting take over... A, take a quick splash in a sink. I'm getting over the part where you were at Gen Con hearing multiple people talking about 3, 2, that 1. Was, like, that was pre-Gen Con. I, I, listened, they... I listened to some, uh, some like, Gen Con prep podcasts. That was, that was Just... in a prep podcast? 3, 2, yes, 1? Yes, it, it was. It was. We want, a, there, we there want our listenership that... to actually die, so we're going to tell There are to... people that subscribe <laughs> to that because, man, Gen Con... And it's a little bit of a difference because Gen Con is, like, 
four days, five, kind of five days, and there is literal like the old book that was like every event that's going on is there was something that like there were hourly listings of things going on from beginning to dead end but can you imagine the state of a human even oh, one I know. who's like oh. 19 after five days of three two one mm. like i yeah i i know i i i can only imagine the the how broken a human being would get at one point but I, it it's slightly different than maybe the way that we look at things because there aren't official things going on at like three in the morning. I've been though to shows with with a twenty four seven near schedule, and that's mm-hmm. like a three day mm-hmm. show. Even then, it's like I don't know anyone who is I guess that is not taking naps throughout the day. That that mm-hmm. is that is not picking and choosing what they want to do and kind of letting stuff they don't care about go because they also want to they want to be able to communicate with their human friends who are there as well. Uh, TJ like at MetroCon because that's the one that like you're kind of my go to for as far as info, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, is there a three two one mentality there, or are people sleeping more than three hours <laughs> at MetroCon? Like, well, it depends on what you go to MetroCon for. Uh, because there, there's a lot more MetroCon than you're... Like, typically at Metro, there's a lot more performance going on. Like, there are shows that go on at midnight to 1 o'clock, and there are raves that go on till 3 in the morning. Yeah. So, you take in breakfast and shower time. Yeah, you're, there's a few people that try to run 3, 2, 1, and you run into them on a Sunday going, that's a great, co-, you know, like, zombie cosplay. Wait, what cosplay? Big fan of Walking Dead, huh? Like, no. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're also like, well, what about all the blood coming out of your ears? Yeah, <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the missing arm. <laughs> Hell of a rave, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, like you know, I mean, if you can do it, you can do it. It's just I've never met someone who like I've met people who can do three. I've done three, two, one, uh, but for a day, not for yeah, a, yeah, not for yeah. three to four days. Because I've tried to do like you know four two one five two one for like three four days right. at a time, and it's just like by by the last day or two, uh, you just feel like garbage because you can't hang out with your friends very well, and mm-hmm. you're like falling asleep when they're talking to you and stuff, and you just feel kind of like a jerk, and it's like, you know, it's it's no good. Uh, I'm not saying you need to get like yeah five two one would be what I'd say you don't need a full night's sleep at a convention because you're on adrenaline too. And there is lots to do. Just you know, like don't don't damage yourself if you can avoid it, and don't become precious about seeing every single panel because tons of people record those things on their phones now, and it's actually quite relaxing realizing that. Uh, man, that became that became its own thing. Um, TJ, did you have any like general convention advice? Now you're coming off of uh, MetroCon, which with which is a buttloaded show with friggin' like. I want to say you were telling... I'm, I'm mixing this up with something I saw on Bravo now. I want to say you were telling me there was straight-up pro wrestling at MetroCon. Yeah, yeah, there was Kaiju Big Battle. Yeah, right. Because at, like, at Con Bravo, they had straight-up pro wrestling on the Friday, and I walked past the open door and was like, pardon me? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the, that's the happiest thing I've put on my channel in years. It's like I have a, I have a real Kaiju Big Battle show on my channel. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, just there's always kind of general con advice you know you know i i follow i i adhere to the 621 rule that's the smartest one like yeah 
Eight two one, I think, is actually hard to do during a convention, but six two one is probably the most sensible. Do, you can't do eight two one. Yeah, just it 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 doesn't work. You have to cut out way too much. Yeah, you're cramming your own schedule. No, for me, for me, it's uh, it's it's the Boy Scout rule. Just be prepared for anything. Like, be prepared to mm-hmm. wait in line way too long. Be prepared to not be able to get to lunch at the time you'd want to get to lunch so there's usually at a con i've got a little water bottle i've got a snack with me i've got something just because like i've almost passed out waiting in an autograph line before it's not fun i almost fell asleep uh waiting in line for a live smodcast near a comic-con due to a combination of dehydration and uh lack of sleep and it wasn't nice and it, and it made me fall asleep for about 20 percent of the panel i had paid an extra ticket price to watch uh, it was a bad time. Uh, hydration, oh, yeah. I, I was going to say, too, is huge because it's actually really easy to get dehydrated and not notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I am blessed with the fact that I can actually go for quite a while without eating and it doesn't affect me emotionally. Uh, I don't get hangry. But, like, if you get hangry, like, yeah, keep snacks on you, too. Because if you think you're going to to pull off everything you have meticulously scheduled in your head, or even not meticulously scheduled, you're probably going to miss things. Uh, you're gonna miss milestones. You're gonna miss, you know, lunches, and you get yeah. You got to be ready for that. Um, and yeah, it, yeah like it's I... like minimizing disappointment. I think is really the key. Uh, be excited, but like, don't be sad if you don't get to do everything because it's actually yeah. hard. <clears throat> and that's yeah. the thing is, so like for for TFCon, I would definitely sit there and like get a look at the schedule and see if there are things that are like I want to see this versus I have to see this versus it'd be nice if I got to see this. Yeah. And then that way you can be like, nah, I want to see both of the podcasting panels. So of course you do. I kn- and oh, right. Of course. So, okay. I know that like the first one is Friday night at six o'clock, seven o'clock, let's say seven o'clock. So like, don't plan something for six thirty because doesn't matter what's going to happen you know if if your thing has a start time of seven o'clock like be sure to be there and you know back do the math backwards of any scheduling and be like okay well i want to go to that that burger and bowling place but that's like a 10 minute walk and if you figure an hour for food and then a 10 minute walk back i gotta be leaving here at like five o'clock from the the hotel to walk over there to get my food to eat it to have plenty of time to eat it so i'm not like shoveling food down my gullet and then walking back and you know just be a little bit aware of the the passage of time as a factor uh because i've heard uh, a few different places of people getting upset that like oh well i didn't realize it'd take you know with gen con we had somebody for our our a robo rally thing that was like, oh, I didn't realize it'd take me 20 minutes to get here walking from my hotel. And it's like, well, okay. That's what Google Maps is kind of for. <laughs> yeah. That's what Google judging, Maps is but... for. And that was like a Sunday afternoon thing. You've had plenty of time to like get that figured out. Like we can try and accommodate you, but like it is what it is. Yeah. Now. 
I, I, I got a couple of just like little etiquette things that are worth knowing because it's they're easy things to not realize and then just kind of you know skips you like, what I would say the embarrassment of, of someone kind of going like hey but uh, if you're going in and out of a panel room like don't worry about going in and out of a panel room you know while the panel's going on that's fine mm-hmm. uh, don't be in the middle of a conversation while you're doing it uh, yeah and it, it's an easy thing to do by accident that's why I'm just saying it here so like, I can put the seed in your head like if you're gonna go check out a panel and, the, and it's already started stop your conversation before you go in because they're all gonna mm-hmm. hear you when you go in there's there's no quiet uh, degree where you can still hear each other where everyone else isn't also gonna hear you um, and uh, if a panel is kind of open to conversation and stuff I would still say the golden rule the one we all learned back at school raise your hand don't shout it out um, I'm, I mean, this is partly from personal experience, but like, like I'm okay with people shouting stuff out to a degree because I've I've gotten I've started building the skill set of being able to control it a little bit, but um, it is really best to defer to raising your hand because it's also a lot easier for the person running the panel, uh, having been in the position a couple times now of having uh between two to hey, four hey, so people, two hey, to four people hey, so talking to me. Hey, at the same time and ignoring each other so I can't even go to the thing of like oh you guys are hearing each other talk clearly you're both going to stop I've actually had it like two people loudly talking to myself as the panel presenter at the same time and and it's kind of like I I really can't process both of these in lines at the same time (laughs) Uh, Mm. so you know if if the energy's there sometimes shouting stuff out is kind of fun but like if it's going to be a real like legit answer like, like raising your hand is still the universal language for yeah. I have something to and, say. And and there's also a difference of like as as is frequently uh for some people a diff- difficult thing, read the room. If it is something where the the presenter at a panel is like, you know, you guys prefer Autobots or Decepticons, don't say, Well actually I'd be very interested in bringing up this very important topic of discourse. No, it's like I would disagree with that because I think, it's, I think if someone's going to say, "Do you like Autobots or Decepticons?" at a Transformers panel, at a Transformers convention, they are pandering so hard they kind of have. Okay, to look, in. I was going, I was going for an A B answer. <laughs> you know. know, I'm just saying. G one or Beast Wars? <laughs> you know, pandering. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, as someone who does it, I like it when people, when MCs who try to pander, kind of get it thrown back in their face. Yeah. <laughs> but that's because I, I don't know. I'm. I may be a little masochistic. Uh, uh, f- fine, then. What's your favorite day of the week? That's a Get- fun one, because some, sometimes people... The people who have an immediate answer are the people I'm the most interested hearing from. Because I'm like, if you yeah. didn't have to think about that, I hella want to know where that came from. Why Thursday? Thursdays! What? <laughs> wow, that is that is rough that we both went to Thursday. Yeah, there. I know. I think that's be- like how when you're trying to think of a random number, you tend to go to seven, because you're like, what's the weird yeah. one? Yeah. Um, but, you know, if it's something that's like that or it is in a panel like, you know, Chris's discussions where it's it's a little bit more op- open form. If you've got a one or two word answer, maybe that's a thing you can shout out. If you've got a, you know, a, I have a paragraph that I need to state in order to get my point across. Yeah, that's definitely a hand or go to the mic line or or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, another big one, actually, that uh, a random factor on Twitter, a uh, noted supporter of the podcast, uh, presented once, which I thought was actually pretty solid advice uh, as someone who sometimes has trouble when it comes to trying to think of a Q&A question, um, you know, in the mic lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do have a question, like, think of it beforehand, and if you can, even jot it down in your phone or on a piece of paper to see you have it ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this is this is a hard one, but I think this is actually a really good bit of advice that I wish I... 
I, w- I had followed more often uh, when I was younger instead of trying to think of a second question. If you're in line and you have two questions ready to go and both of them have been asked, there's actually zero shame in just like stepping out of the line and going to sit down again. Because you're like, oh, my, my questions have been answered. Yeah. Uh, if there's like not a big lineup, then maybe stay and just go like, hey, my questions were answered, but I want to say I really appreciate the work you do on, you know, right. Project X. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it is a big, long line and both your questions have been answered, it's so tempting to feel precious about holding on to that spot you have in the big, long line. But if you have no questions left, it, it's, it might actually be less stressful for you to step out of the line. Because if you want to have words with the, you know, personality in question, they probably have a table. They probably have an autograph session. Um and it, yeah, it just—it was a piece of advice uh, presented that I was like, "That's actually super solid." I think it's a really good idea. Um, and the the one last one I have from experience, me and Aaron have experienced this a bit. If you are privileged enough to have a lot of people you know at the same convention, uh, and I know this isn't the case for everyone, that's why I'm calling it a privilege because it is uh, to be able to like round a corner and just see people you recognize. Uh, it actually is kind of better for everybody, as much as it sounds like a, a kind of rude thing. I've come to learn this is true. You don't all have to go for dinner together. Yeah. It's it's a million years easier if there happen to be four or five of you sitting around who all are hungry, you as a group just go to eat something then come back. Uh, mm-hmm. No one minds. Some people might give you some guff for it, and that's fine, but like... It, on the whole, you have you have done a favor to the, to the collective by not having to be part of the equation of the other 25 people who are trying to stuff themselves into the same Denny's or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. That, the la- I think in the last like five or six years, it's just kind of become my my standard operating procedure of, yeah, I'd love, I would love to go and have dinner with all of my friends, but when it's two hours to get everybody together and figure out, okay, well, what happened to Mike? Well, he had to run back to the room to grab his wallet. Okay, well, okay, Jim just went off to the bathroom. Okay, Mike's back. Wait, there's a bathroom right here. Why did Jim go back up to his room? Well, he didn't want to use the bathroom here. Okay, where did Alice just go? Mm -hmm. She just, like, she was right here. Did, does it, does anybody have her number? Yeah. No, nobody has her number. I'll I'll send her a a Twitter DM. Okay. Well, I'm going to wait <laughs> now to see if she gets her DMs, and then like there there it's... are there are a, a blessed few who actually like herding cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> I mean, like you remember that you know that debate you and like three or four friends have about what to put on the pizza you're about to order. Now there's twenty uh. of you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, group pizza is a like group pizza. It's it's more about just tell them what you actually physically can't eat mm-hmm. if you're going to really get into a group pizza, because otherwise you're going to be there forever and someone's going to end up probably a little bit mad by the end of that conversation. Uh, also, I would say because I say you know not everyone has like you know ten to twenty people they know at every convention they go to, but like also if you're trying to run say a community event for your message board or your Facebook group, just make a set time. And just say, like, mm-hmm. we are going here at this time. If you're a bit late, just come and join us at the restaurant. If you don't want to, or if, you, if it's too late, don't worry about it. Just grab some food for yourself. Use our community page. Figure out who else might be around who wants to grab some food. But, like, it just ends up, you end up with more grumpy people than than you do happy people if, if you are delaying everything and trying like mad to get a very large group into the same place. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not like this is a personality thing, but like the more flexible you are with just how things go, the easier it is for everyone. And if you're one of the flexible ones, it's almost kind of like 
you're paying it forward in a way. It's the social sacrifice you're making that is going to make it so much like nicer for everyone else, I guess. Like, that's kind of how I feel when it's like, you know, there's six of us. We have something. We have a vehicle that seats six and we're all hungry. Let's just go do this. Because then mm-hmm. we're also that's six less people who are who are having to be accounted for when, you know, yeah. 30 people all want to go to the friggin steakhouse in the parking lot, for instance. Yeah. And uh, I and I have definitely felt bad before of like, man, there's eight people here and my CRV fits fits for man. If somebody's got else got a car for we can go to where we're going. But like I can seat four easily and five if we want to sit on laps and like your number six, man, I I've got a roof rack, and that's not legal. So, like, yeah, unfortunately, that that that's one of the, the roughest things is is telling someone we don't actually have room in the vehicle. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this helps. This is how I try to think about it when it when you know when it has happened to me is like if we're if they go for food, they're back pretty soon. You know, yeah, compared to waiting around. Also, and this is just like a voice of experience. As much as fun conversations happen over dinner, the best conversations don't happen over food at conventions. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, Hopefully, during most of dinner, you have a mouthful of food, and mm-hmm. like, like it, you it might can be, able... be, it can be a chance. I, I can totally, I have been there. It is a chance to have some one-on-one conversation with people that might be harder to get access to just due to the, you know, the nature of how the social structure is going on. But mm-hmm. like, y- you will always have the best conversations over drinks at best, not over food. Yeah. Um, so if it feels like you're missing out on something, and I, I know how that feels. You, you aren't missing out on the best things and you might actually find a really cool conversation while you're settling your own alternate meal plan you know like that's what I mean about being flexible um, if you can get yourself feeling very socially flexible in that sense uh, there's so much more that happens at conventions and there's so much less disappointment um, and of course like if it is really just like you go to a convention with your group of like five or six tight friends and you all have plans and you do them all together, that's super solid too. I don't mean to downtrod on that at all. Like that, that's an experience I know people have and, uh, it's, it's a super rewarding experience because you have just enough people to not have to herd cats and have disappointment happen. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of me running the gamut on my own convention knowledge as far as like stuff I've been thinking about lately. Uh, anything else you guys have as far as prep? Someone going to say deodorant? I forgot to mention that with the shower. I mean, there, yeah, there's, that's kind of vital. Yeah. Base human being stuff. Don't be a jerk. Um, you, you're you all there for a same thing, so you have a pretty good uh, idea of some like basic icebreakers of conversation. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Also, I'm gonna, I got a new one, because we always talk about you know, uh, ways for folks to enjoy a show who might feel very socially awkward, for instance. Um, I got one little one I want to throw out there because there are folks, you know, you get to know at shows who kind of don't want to meet new people necessarily. They got their friends they want to hang out with. And I got one for that group too, which is figure out a nice way to quickly close a conversation. Because sometimes you get, like, you see from afar, you kind of get this notion that, like, someone tried to do an icebreaker and kind of got shut down. Clap, finger guns, walk backwards. I mean, I guess eventually you're gonna, you're, they're just gonna go like, who's the weird finger guns guy? <laughs> who's he cosplaying as? That, that'll <laughs> let you get out of any conversation. All right. But I mean, like, if you're there to see a certain group of friends, um, try like, like, try to have a line ready to go in your head. Then, of if someone tries to, you know, get in and participate, uh, where you know. 
you're not making them feel like crap basically mm-hmm. i don't know how to put that any better um because it really all this all this social stuff is very much like two-way streets and like mm-hmm. there is reciprocation and um and I appreciate very much wanting to go to a show just to hang out with a certain group of friends. And it's not on any one person to be a social nexus. Uh, so, so the prep for yeah. that is how do I cleanly disengage yeah. if yeah. I'm easiest, not into socializing a ton? The easiest one at a con is because it is a convention is just blame it on schedule. Like, yeah, I got Yeah, I got I got like two minutes to get somewhere else. I'll, I'll see you guys later. And it's part of this. It's to me. It's also part of the social agreement of the convention of like if someone says they got somewhere to be, fifty fifty. They are maybe just saying that because they want to get away and go to their room or they got something else going on. But like, they're saying it because they don't want to just go like I don't got time. You know, like yeah, yeah. They're 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 saying it because they because maybe they maybe that is their go to and maybe that because like you're saying it is a really solid kind of closer for conversations and also maybe they're saying it because they do want to try to be nice but also want to you know get somewhere. Um so, you know, the friendliness goes two ways, basically. We, we, we often, I, I feel, spend a lot of time um, coaching, in a way, how to socialize more if you feel socially awkward. And I feel like I wanted to fill in the other side of that equation of, like, if, you, if you're socially confident but you don't want to socialize a lot, try to, try to at least be ready to be friendly about how you move on. And also, if you disengage and you're still in the same friggin' room don't like, turn around and go like oh that guy because like there's a pretty good chance they just heard you say that you know <laughs> um <laughs> have, have have a little bit of that self-awareness of the space around you because it's surprising sometimes how i feel like people don't uh and it's not me hearing people talk about me it's just like you hear someone say a thing and you're like i think the person they're talking about is like seven feet away from them like what the hell's mm-hmm. going on there i don't i don't know any of them so i'm gonna stay out of it <laughs> Uh yeah, uh TFCon USA is pretty soon. That's kind of like one of those those uh I guess kind of rare the mid-season conventions, the ones that aren't in the summer for all the, you know, the folks who are busy in the summer. Uh anyway, don't know how to end talking about that question, so I'm just going to say click. Uh, Clap finger guns. Hey. Let's do what we got this week. Uh I got nothing on topic, but I know you guys got on topic stuff, and I know actually you both got golden bumblebees and so i mm-hmm. would like you both to just tell me how do your golden bumblebees feel a lot better than the non-golden ones uh yeah agreed is it a market improvement like really yes possible? yes it is a market improvement down to like so the 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 joint i had an issue with my other one was the one that's up on the windshield that is clear plastic on clear plastic mm-hmm. yeah and it's not like there's paint on this one to thicken that up because it's clear plastic on clear plastic and this one works a whole lot better i hadn't had anything the only issue is still the 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 forearm part that comes off so that you can put his gun arm on in place of his like hand hand and mm-hmm. that one tends to come off pretty easy like a little bit of thickening there would be better yeah but it's not it is not the like you you shake it once and parts just start jettisoning yeah, my arm holds on fine, and so does that part. I had that part uh, screw up on me on, on uh, the previous Bumblebee as well. When she will just mine, fall mine off is on a- on on transformation, and if when I pose it, I grab like if I were to grab the end of his hand to do something, that is too much torque. But if I grab him like forearm, it's probably going to be okay. 
Yeah, like the only issue I had with mine was because it's just a, a small friction hinge, I lost the right elbow on my first transformation. Uh, oh, so you just lost like the black piece? Uh, yeah, well, it's it's separate. Like it goes, the, it the goes, like the the like like if somebody had a a below the elbow amputation, you lost from that to the elbow. Uh, sort of like well the well it's just it, it's just a friction hinge, so it just came apart on me. Okay, so it pops it pops back on, but you know it's still a little bit looser than I would like. Okay. I'm just ecstatic that you guys just had the unanimous like reply to that question because that's all I wanted out of that gold bumblebee was to hear that the toy holds together better because that tells me subsequent versions are probably going to hold together better well, here's what I'm going to say my biggest disappointment of that set is the fact that you have to completely destroy the box well not completely destroy the box but remove the cool aspects of that box in order to get the toys out this sucks. I, mean, I wish yes that the top no. part had been like the the three-part clamshell of like the vinyl tech yeah so that it could be there and be secure in that top part and the bottom part where the cassettes are i felt really bad that i had to like cut a bunch of plastic up in order to get to what i had to get at in order to snip the the things to get the cassettes and and their parts out i didn't have that issue oh mine it was like both of the tabs that slide up into the box to let it pivot mm-hmm were were messed up. Okay. So they wouldn't it wouldn't open more than like an inch or so. So I couldn't get down in there to to get at okay. it. Okay. Cuz like on mine the only thing you have to really do to get that big tray out and get the toys out is cut two pieces of tape holding that for, for lack of a better term that glove compartment. Yeah, mine I had to like disassemble the the whole thing so that, that glove compartment like the inner and outer parts of that glove compartment are completely disassociated now along oh. with pulling everything else apart hopefully in your case it. was the outlier then because yeah. Yeah, yeah if it is just cut the tape that's better like i still wish it was a clamshell because like they th- that was the case with those titans return exclusives where it's kind of mm-hmm. like once you take them out you just you're kind of laying them back in uh, right and, and Mattel, I think, is still the worst for this, where they do super elaborate, sometimes even electronic-supported convention packaging that you have to permanently slice stuff open to get the toy out, and you can't really put it back in easily. Because um, I wish all this stuff had clamshells, because it's kind of part of what you're paying for, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. Like, I'd say 20 to 30% of the, the, like, costs or value of this thing is... Uh, just that packaging. Yeah. I like think the New York Comic Con Prime set from way back as well, you know, like just lots of ones where you wish there was a clamshell setup rather than, mm-hmm. you know, an inlay tray. But uh, so the Bumblebee turned out good for what that Bumblebee is. That's good to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys feel owning super valuable dino cassettes? So I, I kind of knew that for, for, I knew for a long, long time that. Hasbro and Takara were holding out some of the dino cassettes on us that only came out in Japan. Uh, what I did not know was that they were holding out the best cassette former there is. I saw that on your Twitter. I had no idea, yeah. or at least I'd forgotten if I'd ever seen it, like how much moves on that, that one, uh, I forgot well, which one. Cons- dial, or dial here. But considering it's so rare and most 
who own one probably wouldn't take it out of the box in the first place. You probably don't really see much of people showing off the articulation to begin with. Yeah. But which he, which one is that? Uh, so you talking about uh, the green one? Okay. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take a guess at what dinosaur it is. Some some sort of Velociraptor. I, I, I thing. thought I thought Velociraptor. Uh, I, I, I just want to point no, out, Mikey. I'm the one who's Jurassic actually Park not thing? getting in on this right now, and I'm doing it for you, Mikey. I'm doing it for you. I'm not weighing but in yeah. on this. But you got three hinges in the neck. You've got technically three hinges in the tail. Uh, swivel at the hip, knee, and the foot and the shoulder. And you can. Sp- I just wish that the 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 part that splits stuck together a little better. Because mine just wants to like wobble apart. Really? For what the for what the combined transformation joint is? Yeah. Where it splits in half there, mine just like is wiggly. Mine's, mine's okay. I don't know what either of you are talking about because I've never handled that figure. <laughs> like along the belly, I'm, I'm it kinda... splits in half to form the torso of the combined mode. I'm kind of hoping that they have that set at Fan Expo because they've got the Throne Primal at Fan Expo, and I because I'd like to pick one up in person. Uh, well, I think it's still available on Hasbro Toy yeah. Shop. So I I said this on Twitter too. I love that I, I love that Hasbro went here. Uh, we're gonna offer you these super rare, never released in the U.S. Dino cassettes. Some of the few G1 toys you've never been able to own ever, but you have to buy a Studio Series Bumblebee to go with it. And collectors in general went, you're asking a lot here. Yeah. Well, yeah. the friggin' Throne Primal sold out first, and it's coming out at retail in Japan in identical form, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, the TCG pack booster selling out was expected once we caught on to the nature of tandem targeting system, unfortunately. But, uh... I can't believe that that primal is the one that's selling out when like you can you will literally be able to get him again next year by a Japan. <laughs> um but yeah, it sounds like those dino cassettes are really worth uh they were worth the weight and they were worth the prestige, which is nice to hear because sometimes prestigious G1 toys end up not being the best actual toys. Uh yeah, Sor kind of concerns me. And I'm I'm calling him Sore because it I can't remember the Decepticon name they gave him. That's the Japanese name backwards. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, I can't remember. Whatever. Uh, he's a nice little cassette. Like, like neck and tail has plenty of articulation, so he's got some posability to him. Joints on mine are super tight, which I hate with the translucent plastic. Is it uh, is it like rivet joints or is it like peg and hole joints? Rivets. Yeah, you might want to get maybe a little half droplet of some of that lubricant in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Thinking about it. So my issue with mine is actually the so the the fold down like toes for the combined mode part they don't work. They don't work. Okay, I wanted to make sure that like it's not just yours. Like I had to go back and look at like a vintage G one photo to make sure it wasn't like some mold degradation thing or some yeah. disassembly. No, even the original. Like, like one, one of them goes doesn't... down like it like it kind of should be a heel, and then the other one just like hangs out in space way high. Yeah. Okay. 
Not just you. I'm glad that everybody has this problem. <laughs> I'm glad you're all suffering with us. Somewhere uh, a PR department's kind of like, there was a better way to word that. Yeah. There was a better yeah. way to word that. <laughs> How solid can you get the the combined mode to hold together? Not at all. Okay. Okay, that's also like not... I can get I can get the like the neck part of the the green one to like kind of wiggle around and hook and kind of hold it, but then it's like there's a offset of like where the the two halves of it are. Mm-hmm. So I I think that with the way that I have to do it, the like the body is significantly forward, uh, like the the chest is significantly forward of the hip. And that the way that you're supposed to use the guns to try and hold it together a little bit more, to me, seems nonsensical. But Yeah, I have no idea why there isn't just some peg to hold the whole thing together. Do you think any of this feedback got out in time to maybe have a hand in that not selling out on Hasbro Toy Shop? No. no. I think it's just hmm. because it's so, like, what is this set? I guess. Like, there, there's not really, like, a thing that brings it together. Okay, it's a cool concept that you got a classic car that'd have maybe a cassette player in it. And these cassettes, like, I can see the, the like, stringy bits of cartilage holding it together. But there's nothing in there that's, like, yeah, like it's, it's cool that these are out, you know. But that Bumblebee's just a repaint. And, granted, it's better than the original release, but... Like, there's a whole lot of, like, different... It's it's like you're trying to do three different things and bring it together for a bit of a premium price. Yeah. Versus, like, the Optimus Primal is, like, not every place has seen the first release of that toy in, in the stock colors. And it's in what I think is a really cool color scheme that, you know, it's the original Beast Wars color scheme... And it has these other Prime Masters that just aren't getting released. And, you know, there are four or five ands to that one that are all in the same in the same story. And a lot of folks saying the thing that I think we said back when we were talking about the retail release. It's like Optimal Optimus' colors are beloved entirely out of nostalgia. Yep. And it, it turns out seeing that toy in a better color scheme actually is really like activating interest in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because what if they did like the Primal Prime color scheme? Oh my god! Instead would, of just yes. instead of just Optimus Primal, like we say yes, but like how well, how Pri- far? Primal Prime was also kind of categorically a better color scheme than Optimal Optimus. Like it was, it was right. A but what I'm saying scheme. is, what I'm saying is, Optimal Optimus is what was in the show most. Yeah, it's what the like. Actual really, if you had that toy, ninety nine times out of a hundred, you had optimal 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 optimus, not primal prime. Yeah, optimal optimus. Yeah, optimal applebee's. You, you know what I'm talking about. Optimal <laughs> Ap- optimus. What what I'm saying is, like, there are already the like you're hitting all of the touchstones for this toy. Versus, yeah. you know, the potential for some other side thing, and away you go. What if they had, if they did 
it l- dressed up like Ape Link. Or Poptimal Taptimus. Okay, okay Ape Link's sorry, sorry actually to, a thing. I think you're making these think, up. Yeah. Stop, stoppable. <laughs> St- you know, or if, or if they did, like, you know, Masterpiece Cheetor in cat scan colors. Like, that'd be cool to, like, OG BotCon people be like, hey, that's cool that that's happening, but that is a very limited pool versus if they release it in Tigatron colors next and they change the the face of it to be huskier. What's the three-syllable word that ends with us that's also stoppable? Stoppable hat trick is... Sure. Uh, I'm having fun. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Well, it sounds like it sounds like Golden Bumblebee and the two somewhat irrelevant cassettes. Uh, it sounds like it's it's a solid, actually a solid Bumblebee. It sounds like it's a solid one of those cassettes. Uh, I think they're both they're both solid. One is just very dodgy and translucent plastic, and then there's that really dirty scheme of getting the other G one in another expensive multi pack. Well, it also sounds mm-hmm. like the part where you combine the two cassettes together is more of um, a thing that they do because it says so on TF Wiki than the thing that the toys actually really do. Well, well yeah. I mean, it's I mean, there. It, there's a couple of there's pegs a, and a couple of holes that are supposed to do it. Yeah, like he's got a head for it. It's like yeah, but it does come across Ooh. a little bit. We kind of made this up on the fly. Yeah, yeah, I can dig that. <laughs> um. Let's move, let's move on from there. Uh, I'm going to read your minds, and, and by that I mean, do, do you guys have any other uh, shared what we got on topic stuff this week? Uh, Nova Star? Uh, or no, no Nova Star. Movie Brawl? No Movie Brawl. Or Deluxe uh, Movie 5 Rodimus? Uh, no. Uh, okay. What, what about The Throne of the Primes? That's I have a Amazon.co.jp pre-order for that, <laughs> and now I'm getting weird Japanese Amazon emails. Don't worry, they're all positive. I get those sometimes. Okay, then. they're saying you're cool and you're saving a dollar. Um, well, TJ, let's let's since we're hitting the exclusives, let's talk about Throne of the Primes as well. After mm-hmm. we talked about the color scheme for like ten minutes, right? Um, right. everything I've seen is it seems like that toy turned out. Uh. Uh. T- this toy is dumb. Yeah. It's just this incredibly dumb toy. <laughs> there's just, there's a lot of it that's just really kind of slipshot engineering, and I think that just comes from the fact that they we voted on it, so they have to make it in a year. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I can, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Like, op, like, the primal component looks good in robot mode. He doesn't transform. He's got. He's got. Half I liked of your a... shuttle mode. I liked your shuttle mode, though. The it looked, shuttle it actually looked mode pretty cool. is yeah. so much. Your shuttle better. mode did did look pretty cool. Although I do also kind of like all the baby Bjorn photos that I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'm here with my daddy, <laughs> just hanging out <laughs> on his back. <laughs> but yeah, like the vehicle mode doesn't exist. I mean, it's him flattened with half of some kind of vehicle on his back that's made up of prime uh, optimal optimus's cockpit that's it uh mm. 
he contributes that cockpit and the head to the optimal mode, and that's it. Uh, the surfboard mode is dumb. Because I don't know why the monkey has any ability to drive a surfboard when it doesn't have Primal installed. Uh, so da 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 yeah, a super dumb toy. Uh, I don't know why I still really like it. I mean, from what I understand, it's it's really dumb, but it, it doesn't fail at doing anything it's trying to do. So oh, you, no, get, no, no. you get that you get that confidence, right, of delivery where you're like, this is stupid, but you're doing it so well. Yeah, I'm actually into this. Yeah, like the toy itself has a lot of stupid elements to it, but none of them are done badly. It's like they're going for intentional stupid and succeeding. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Absolutely to me, anyway. Like, that's that's the root of a lot of absurd stuff I like, is that it does so with a, with a straight face and a lot of gusto. Mm. You know? And it does it well and confidently. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, the color scheme is way better. And there's part of me that feels like... like I got to thinking, like, when Orion Pax becomes Optimus, or when Hot Rod becomes Rodimus, they don't change color. So, for me, the way this is like, if Optimus Primal really did get the Matrix. And yeah. this is like more more along the lines of like, what the fan vote intended. I, I often got the impression the Optimal Optimus color scheme was in part them going like, well, if he's part Optimus Prime from G1, then, you know, that plus the 90s um, uh, yeah. mixing together. Well, yeah, the, ni- the 90s had a big influence on that toy i think yeah mm-hmm. but yeah like it's a very cool kind of representation of what a matrix bearing optimus primal would be and it does help that it's a it creates a much more cohesive color scheme in like jet mode and the gorilla mode etc mm-hmm. uh where i think grievance is with the concept itself of for like the multi-pack because there's something weird to me about a maximal with a throne and a scepter. Visually, it looks it looks sinister. Is what I would yeah, say. Yeah, like mm-hmm. there's no nice way that Optimus Primal is sitting on a throne with a scepter and a crown, literally wielding his own gods as gemstones. Yeah, yeah I've <laughs> crammed four gods into my stick. Worship me. Yeah, there's there's something inherently evil about the entire imagery of the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, as far as I understand, that imagery may appear in the Machinima series. I haven't finished Power of the Primes, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm uh, okay. So it's kind of like spoiler, spoiler alert. No. Oh, okay. I don't know how I got the impression it kind of because I got. I mean, obviously we know Optimus Primal's in the show. They said so at the beginning. I'm only like two episodes into it. And I I lost interest after the Dinobots combined, so I haven't gone back to finish it yet. Uh, but yeah, I got I, I thought I heard someone going like, "Oh yeah, he's in it. He has a crown and everything, just like the San Diego toy." Um, oh, I'm I'm gonna go with no on this one. Oh, um, all right. Yeah, it's just it's just very strange to me. Like I can remember back there's a G1 episode where where Optimus Prime literally says, "Thrones are for Decepticons." apparently not if you're primal <laughs> but okay okay crown fine it's a hat 
I can set it aside and forget about it. Uh, the four primes are fine. Uh, they're a little bit scary to use in a matrix cradle because a lot of them have painted arms that have to squeeze in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will give the, I will give the toy credit since it's since it's got a completely translucent cockpit. It's like the only one where I would actually use the matrix gimmick because I can see it easily and change it out easily. But the toy fails at the scepter because the way the, the way the scepter works is it's got a base that the primes plug into, and then you have to kind of double hinge their intimacy into like a seating position, and then kind of double wedge them up uh, into like the main top of the scepter. Oh, so the, it's okay. like it still is just one solid piece. There's no like nice way to get them in there. Here's the thing. Thing. So yes, there is no nice way of getting them in there. They barely fit in their heads, barely fit into the crevices inside the scepter. Yeah. The scepter has a sliding piece. Like when you don't have any of the primes in there, the base that they all stand on slides up. So that doesn't have this big gap in it. And it just looks like a big mace oh, really? of scepter. Yeah. Hmm. I'd miss that. But here's the thing. There's a tab that keeps it from sliding down far enough to just plug the primes in and comfortably just zip them up into the scepter. I wonder if that's one of those, like, the factory floor thought they were helping when they put that in kind of things. I mean, I, I don't know. Kind of? I th- Maybe? Because that also sounds really dumb, because it sounds like there's entire there's entire engineering where half of its function is not usable. Like not uh, like not only would it have been just a way easier way of delivering, but it also would have been a far better visual. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, I think there's a, there's a ceiling on how disappointed I can be in like one of the least interesting parts of the package for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's very silly that there is a sliding part and it doesn't actually help put anything in it. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, but like I said, like there's a lot of it that's dumb, but I don't know why. I can't help but like the toy. I love seeing people putting the crown on other toys too. Like that's fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I've already I've already been around the room and figured out who can wear that. <laughs> I just saw like like Legends Gnaw can wear it to a degree enough <laughs> that makes me really happy. Um, well, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can pick that thing up this coming weekend because it would be nice to just get it in person. Um, and then I can maybe just ignore the primal colored one, or you know the opti- the primal or the optimal colored one, I should say. Because I also never saw it. Apparently, it was out in Canada. I never saw it myself. Um, anything else on topic on your end? Uh, not for me. Then let's bop over to Aaron and his cornucopia of variety. Yeah. I had I had various things. Yeah. For variety's sake, yeah. So I got to all of uh, Wave 4 of Titans Return Deluxes that consists of one repaint character. Yeah, I'm still hyped for that one because I, I ended up liking that toy. Yeah, so, uh, it, I mean, it's a good toy. It's still a good toy. I yeah. um, am really bummed that the next version of this toy is taking out the transform or the uh, the combination chunk it's gonna but, take you know. me a really long time to get over that because it looks like it's a decent toy still but like you, you yeah i just don't know what like the... like the chunk and the thing is like that chunk's not even like it's a bad chunk of the toy yeah where that sits i i don't know um 
But then they'd have people complaining that like, oh, we need to release a fourth so they can be whatever. Shut up. No, just put um, it out with the combiner peg. Just put it out. The... I mean, granted, also but, a lot of a lot more people than me are sick of combiner deluxes, but that's not me. I love them. Keep making yeah. them. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> keep just keep kicking them out. We'll keep buying them. Yeah. Um. But no, it's um, it's pretty much the same as the blue one was. Mm-hmm. It's the 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 short short version. It's the those hot rod oh, red with uh, secondary orange color scheme, and some some silvery gray as the as the third splash. So we all know what that color scheme looks like. Yeah, I'm glad you found it because now you've completed the deluxes for that line. Yep. <laughs> um. So also got the. Studio Series Brawl. Yeah. Uh, and I really dig the way that the, like, middle um, tank turret comes in together. Yeah. Out of his arms um, was really cool. The way that some of the stuff collapses that I, like, the way that his chest all comes apart and folds over itself and then kind of tucks up and other pieces go around. I totally would not have expected it, uh, like, a tank transformer to do that he's doing it's so like, much cool shape shifting yeah it's like, there's like two or three other ways that you can do this it's a lot cheaper why aren't you doing that oh because it doesn't give you the exact look that we're going for okay yeah um and I, like, I, I, like I don't the know. way that those those shoulder treads like go in and then angle yeah and then kind of bite in too yeah like yeah it's it's so cool um when, when you're in tank mode do you find because this is the only thing that bugs me about him really aside from the ankle tilt not being there is the back of the turret on the tank mode feels like it's floating to me. It feels like it's supposed to go down lower. And it does the top the top turret or the middle? Like the 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 two gun turret or the big big main battle the big, cannon? The big main one. The big main one there's there's like a bit of a gap in there. Yeah, uh, that gap for some reason like I don't know why it bothers me so much. I think it's because the toy is so good at its transformation that I was convinced for like half an hour I had screwed something up. And then mm-hmm. I was like, and also when I was looking at it, I was kind of like the way the legs sandwich together, there are actually slots open back there that I feel like this thing could have tabbed into since it's not rotating. Um, yeah, but you know, whatever that's, that's like, if that's the worst nitpick I have, you know, <laughs> on the vehicle mode, um, I, I, I love that thing. I transformed it just recently that, that like that and Megatron are so friggin' good. Mm hmm. Ah. Yeah, I've I, I've enjoyed transforming him back and forth a couple times. Like <laughs> the the issue I have with the robot mode is like where do his like the the tank like mine plow parts go? Do they just kind of like angle chill. them down? Do they just go like just point out like it's cold outside or like I went to look how, at the how movie. Do, they just chill. how do those go? They yeah. just chill. <laughs> he is um, a, like like i'll say you know i've said it before i'll say it again the reason why i like that toy is also because they they very much deferred to how screwed up his robot mode looks in the 07 movie his weird right. geometry his, the, those weird like pectoral protrusion rake things his very large head uh they they hit all of the weird stuff on him they made him very unhandsome mm-hmm but that's like also what he looked like. So yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's but, everything I wanted. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think like if both of the turrets could turn, that'd, that'd be, be so a good. nice that'd be yeah. a, a nice bonus. Like if if his arms were on some other alternating swivelly bit that would allow that to happen. But that's like 
fourth layer of well what they should have done after yeah. made a toy that transform that that looks just like the movie toy that or just like the 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 movie robot and then also looks like that weird tank and then also is pretty good and poseable and has like good outcome and then number 4 is you know if they could have done this one really difficult thing to do so it's like that would have like, been nice. It's like a if they were going to do something difficult, I would say get ankle tilts on them because like I can see why they're not there. But can you yeah. imagine if they had had linked tilts in those three layers of panels? Mm. And B, uh, I think it's valid to be disappointed by the turret regardless because your first experience with the toy is turning him back into a tank, and for yeah. most of that transformation, you have a swiveling piece of a turret. That, mm. for me at least, very much convinces you, oh my god, they did it, his turret moves. And then when you finish, you're like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is bad. It's just I spent 80% of that transformation thinking I was building towards a swiveling turret. Because most of the turret does swivel when it's on mm-hmm. his back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, no, I, I've the, really enjoyed it. If you're if you're in the in the uh the studio series i would say like that i'd probably get brawl over megatron if i had to pick one from he that has, he has a better transformation by far um, he has a better transformation he i think more of him is usable megatron has like that megatron issue of a bunch of the stuff just runs into him like yeah. the big murder arm you can fold that murder blade up but then it like gets in the way of other parts of his arm of his own arm like what about though? Like, I, I gotta know. How do you feel about on the top of the turret those two little missile racks on the ball socket joints? How they are not able to point forward? That's just fine. You you offset something like that, man. You got like three giant tank guns facing forward, plus the other auxiliary stuff you t- slap on the side. I want all to shoot straight. I want I want one bipedal thing to be screwed. Here, 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 here. Those are guided missiles. They don't have to point forward. They can s- turn themselves straight into whatever he's shooting at. Uh, we got someone outside who wants to say something fire about tr- this. The fire truck outside agrees with me. <laughs> They're guarding the police, missiles. The pol- police force hear about your need for heavy armaments or something. No, I, I, I realized something I never. I don't think I've ever mentioned on the podcast. Uh, it's not just that I'm right by an off-ramp kind of road that a lot of emergency vehicles use. There's also a fire station about a half block away from my building. So mm-hmm. whenever the trucks leave there, you hear it. Uh, not in a way that wakes you up. It's just quiet enough. But on a podcast, oh, it seems so loud. Uh, there was also a six-alarm fire a-, a couple buildings down from me recently. That was scary. Um, but it turns out it was an electrical fire. So I think that that means we are not in danger here. But there were a lot of fire trucks here earlier in the week. Yes. Or, you know, last week. Um I'm glad you're digging Brawl because I always feel like I'm I'm always whenever someone says they get Brawl, I'm already psyching myself up to defend the toy for some reason. Uh never really had to, but uh glad you're digging it. But then you you got the thing that I thought was a reissue because you said hot rod and then I forgot about yeah. your entire tweet about going to Ollie's and finding it for cheap. Yeah, so um <laughs> the movie five Autobot Hot Rod that was the Autobots Unite, like I think that's what they had, like, a bunch of their various exclusive things on, and Walmart, for whatever reason, had all of the Hot Rod toys, because there was, like, the really big, like, vinyl toy thing as well, I think, that was the Walmart exclusive. I believe literally Um, every movie Hot Rod toy, barring maybe one or two, was a Walmart exclusive, even the Legends mm -hmm. toy. Yeah, but uh, it was at Ollie's, we got that, and then also the Diecast Voltron. And 
the each thing was eight dollars. So the Autobot hot rod was eight dollars for the deluxe toy, and then each of the the Voltron parts was eight dollars. I saw and Alfie posting. Not about bad that. for those prices. Yeah, I um, I watched a review of Diecast Voltron, and it was so disappointing to watch. I just ditched wanting to pick it up. But yeah, that's also it when was, he was like, like those things are like twenty bucks or something a piece in Canada. Yeah, yeah, at twenty bucks at a hundred dollars for that. See, because that was the other thing is we had seen. I think in the last days of our Walmart, they had like the five pack, like all in one box, and it was like retail started at like a hundred and twenty dollars, and that was yeah. a hard. That was like a hard no because you could get the plastic ones for that price. And the, like, the, the diecast ones, when I saw the review of the stuff they changed on them, there was stuff in there they changed, which just made me go like, "Why did you change that?" Yeah. Uh, where I, yeah. Like I don't want to, I don't want to dunk on them that much because they're on clearance at Ollie's. So what else can I say about them? Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, I was actually surprised with a couple of the points out of out of Hot Rod, the way that his arm transforms. There, it's like the whole side of the car is is the arm. So the back wheels are up about the shoulder, and you like rotate just in front of that, and then you flip it, and there's a hinge that's like mid car door. And his hand pops out from the inside of, like, the forearm on one swivel piece so that you end up with his front and rear wheels right next to each other. Oh, cool. So that's a trick that I can't say I can recall another one, another Transformer as of late doing. I don't think the lockdown did that. No. Yeah. It did not. It did some other shenanigans. But, yeah, the only issue that I have with him is he has a couple of places where, like, the way that his back bumper comes together, I wish that there was, like, a couple more tabs yeah. to it. Um, but, yeah, especially if you can go to your Ollie's and get one for 8 bucks, it's hey, sir, don't, do I, the am, don't do the Amazon price of $65. No. Uh, I have a question for you since I don't have Ollie's here. Uh, okay. If you see one for 8 bucks, could you grab it and bring it to TFCon? Yeah. That would be, thank you, thank you. Should, should should have mentioned something when I, you know, sent out that tweet as I was there at the store. Did not see that tweet until you were also posting about being home. Okay. So uh, it felt well, like that would have not been helpful for me to go like, hey, if you're still at Ollie's three hours later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll just uh, let Alfie know that we need to go to Ollie's. That she probably won't be too upset about that, but get more Voltrons too. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I don't know about Voltron, that. Do you, Voltron do you, for every room. Do, yeah. Do you I don't, want, do you want, want Voltrons? No, not for 40 bucks. No. Maybe for but, like uh, maybe maybe if they were like 3 bucks a lion I might, but I'm eh. <laughs> I'm dunking on that thing and I never even touched it. That's not yeah. right of me. That's It's weird. not like That's... it has a lot of points where like to get the are we going to off topic cuz I can just roll in I mean, straight if you're into done off with topic. Transformers, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm done with my on topic. So the off topic, I'll talk about that Voltron. Um yeah, so there's definitely where the the black lion legs plug into the leg lions. There's like the point where it stops, and then there's like a click, and then it like locks on, and you can hold on to like the chest of the black lion, and the legs aren't like you can sit there and like flick them around and do whatever, and it's not coming off until you like manhandle grab each side like you're tearing something apart to get it to separate. So there's no release button or anything. No. Oh man, it's purely just like hard friction in, hard friction out. 
That's how I broke my original as a kid. That's yeah. how a lot of people either broke or almost broke the arm connection on the big legendary Voltron. But, um, yeah, that for that Voltron, that's it. There's like good little bits of paint, but then there's also kind of like blurbed out bits of paint. There was also that, a part where when that thing got debuted, that's when they were also saying like, oh, we wanted neck articulation in the big Voltron, but it was, we were limiting it for a light up feature that we then removed, but it was too late to add a neck swivel. But we hear mm-hmm. you, you know, if we, yeah. hey, you know, we are kind of working on this new little die cast there, one. There's like, definitely a lot of playmates like you can see where there's a designer that was like, yeah, and then we could do this and we could do that. And, it, you know, if we did these two things, that'd be great if we put it together. Then somebody down the line went, nah. Yeah. It's, well, it's the whole thing of, like, they have no control over their factory, right? Like, well, you know, that's being hyperbolic. But as we have last heard some years ago, their factory can make decisions, and the Playmates North America people don't, don't necessarily get to veto those decisions. Uh, they just happen. Uh, anything mm-hmm. else off topic on your end? Um, I also got in my game print Star Trek online ship. Right, the 3D printed thingamadoo. Yeah, so I got the four-inch scale, which is about the same length as the Eagle Moss um, Star Trek ships. And this is my USS Durandal, um, which is the the Avenger fleet. Um, I forget what the, like, fleet escort whatever build is. Yeah. Um, And it is, like, my only issue with it is that... Uh, because of the size, you cannot read the um, registry number or name because of scale, and it's just a little bit fuzzy on the print. I'm amazed at the paint job, though, given that I'm just looking at your Twitter thread. You're saying it's like 20 bucks. Like, yeah, that's a good friggin paint job on a 3D print for $20. Yeah. Top and bottom places that are inset are are printed. So they have some other methods. This can't be. Man, if these are individual filament for the different colors, that I want to see that set up. Um, more likely, there's some sort of printing process that applies it, and I can easily see that's why it's fuzzy. But, mm-hmm. um, like, I mean, knowing it's printed, like that's still really good paint work for twenty bucks. Like, I, yeah, I'm kind of amazed. Yeah, that's that is. I think it was it was maybe like thirty dollars by the time shipping was all said and done. But yeah, these yeah. game print. <laughs> Uh, go up to, let me see, da, 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 game print, and then, um, you've got a really cool loading animation for your, your thing. I Thanks. see you I'd saying about $800 the website. 12-inch ones? <clears throat> yeah, so if you go up to, uh, the collectible, the base price for the 12-inch size, um, full-color hand-painted customized ship, uh, base price is $549. Mm-hmm. So it can go even higher um, if you have a ship that has like extra stuff to it. But yeah, for the 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 standard, what I got, it's uh, resin printed, uh, full color. It was twenty dollars at the four inch scale. I think it's like three hundred dollars at the twelve inch scale. Yeah. And then they have like the the premium options are one that's just primer gray. Um, with a better surface finish for like three fifty, and then they also have a. Um, so if you remember in uh, the next generation, how in 
the conference room, how they had all the different gold enterprises. Yes. You can get your ship printed in 12-inch in, like, a gold or a bronze or a silver finish so that you could have, like, that for your office or whatever. That's pretty tight. <laughs> this looks like a cool service. Like, uh... I th- I feel like there once was a pipe dream for City of Heroes or, or some other MMO of getting like your character printed off like this. Yeah, there ha- there have been a couple. Um, Game print does it for something else. Um, I can't remember, or they did for something else. Um, but yeah, and then I'm also thinking at like. At Gen Con, there was a a place that you could go and you could go get your face scanned, and then you could drop that on a custom miniature that they would then print and send to you. Oh, nice! I, th- I think I saw so, a service like that in Toronto when I was I was looking around to see like where in Toronto you can get something printed, and there yeah. was one place which was like we can print your face. I was like, that's, yeah, that's and a it, much. it was funny seeing a bunch of people making like rage faces as they're then like. The person is running around and scanning, scanning somebody's face with a like a Xbox One Connect hooked up to a laptop, yeah. and to to get all the the angles and up and down. If somebody's like, Aah! you know, they got to follow their brand, right? They got to, you know, right. Well, the idea <laughs> is like, okay, I play a barbarian, and I want to get my head printed on this barbarian oh it'd be so cool to play a barbarian body. who's just grinning the whole time like hey you know yeah but it was it was something where like one dude was like he had the most comic layer of like like mid-rage face going on and then you have to hold that face for like two minutes as oh, as they the get everything where like, scanned, where like someone can't hold it, and then the miniature comes out with this is like this warbly face. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I would go for like yeah, wizard, and I'd just be like interesting, like hmm, thought you know. That, I'd go that, for barbarian intense, like yeah, like hmm, you know, like I'm thinking about Crom. Well, uh, uh, anything else off topic on your end? Off topic, uh, no. All right, DJ, let's talk off topic. Did you do any off topic stuff? Uh just a little bit. Mhm. So, I got in a Nendoroid. All right. And this is of a character named Lena Inverse. Mhm. This is the lead of my favorite anime called Slayers. If you've never heard of it, it is sword and sorcery. It is literally based on a D&D game that got way out of control. Uh if that's your cup of tea for 90s anime, go take a look. Uh, Slayers does not get merchandise. Like we've talked about this before. Like, for an anime that has five series, plus a whole bunch of direct-to-video one-offs, like, there's never been anything. Yeah. So, like, the fact that, the fact that Good Smile has the license at all gives me some semblance of hope. Uh, the the Nendoroid itself came out pretty good. The details are really cool. Uh, you know, it's quality work. Paint's good. Accessories good. I forget every time I get a Nendoroid that the Nendoroid thing is we're not going to bother with articulation. We're just going to give you like seventy five percent of another figure. It's easy to forget nowadays that like, from what I've been told, there are more Nendoroids coming out that have articulation now. 
Or at least, well, like, there's more that have elbows and stuff? It, it, it really depends on the figure. Yeah. Because you do get some that are a little bit closer to a normal action figure. Uh, you get the occasional Kirby, which is, like, infinite articulation with magnets. I still and, gotta... I gotta get a hold of that Kirby with the mech suit. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of need that. I, I want... I want. Yeah. Well, I don't really need the mech suit, but I'm still interested in getting that Kirby. I need I need it all. I need my Kirby to have a giant robot. But uh for for this one, uh like you get like aside from extra faces, you get an entire extra like back half of her head for like a hair raised like energy pose. You get oh, a whole bunch of extra arms, a whole bunch of extra hands. You get uh, you get one leg that has to be swapped because one pose bends her knee. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it is weird. It's literally like I am one leg and a torso away from making a second one. It also kind of reminds me about the the, old, the NECA Terminator 2 Arnold had like extra articulation in one leg for just in case they ever released a motorcycle. <laughs> so you could like, you know, have one leg up on the motorcycle. Uh, that was silly. <laughs> oh, but I don't know, it, it, it just it made me happy that it made me happy that we got a little bit of merchandise for her. Yeah. So, uh, it's the kind of thing that sets off the nerd in me because for whatever reason they went with the design from like the prequel one-offs and not the one from like the five seasons worth of anime. They're waiting for more of you to say that so they can then reveal their second uh, Nendroid Lena. <laughs> I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it's a thing of, well... The OBAs only have, like, two main characters, so if this doesn't sell, we're only committed to one more. Because, like, if they're... Because if, if they do the main series, it's like, you gotta do five. Or else you're just gonna leave a whole bunch of people angry. And you have all that Overwatch to keep doing, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> but here's the thing, they... Like, it's the prequel design, but she's got stuff from the anime she's not supposed to have yet. So, like, in my head, like, I'm going nuts. <laughs> it's like, th there's weird time travel thing, or, like, she just decided to wear her old shirt one day. I don't know. But. It might have been a hedge bet for if this is the only one they do. And they're like, probably, we're going to hit all the, all the marks we can. Probably. Like, okay, we're gonna get yeah. Let's just get in all the accessories we can, just in case, and then I don't know. We'll figure out something else if we do like a main one. Yeah, whatever. And it's it's still a fun. It's still a fun little figure. You know, I'm I'm happy they're doing her. They're doing the other. They're doing the other main character from the OVA. So hey, there's two more in the universe that. I I don't know. I just. It's my, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite series, man. And it's like I get next to nothing. I know the feeling because, um, like, like do you know what this week is? There, this this last like month or so has been has been like it's just John Wick. It, next year is John Wick year because like One Twelve Collective was like, hey, we're doing John Wick, and I was like, oh, good, finally a John Wick toy that you know not a Funko junk. And then mafex medicom are like well we're doing a mafex of john wick from the first movie and also a mafex of john wick from the second movie and i'm like excuse me <laughs> and then diamond select is like oh we're gonna do a john wick as well and i'm like oh man a 20 dollar kind of junkie john wick that i'm still okay to buy excellent and then today hot toys like we're doing hot toys john wick from john wick 2 and i'm just like 
I'm pre-ordering all of it. I am pre-ordering every John Wick because this is the future I wanted and I didn't think I would have. <laughs> I am going to be drowning in a 12-inch, uh, an official 1.6 John Wick to go with my unofficial kit-bashed 1.6 John Wick. And then four 6-inch scale John Wicks all out in the next year. Like, I've, I'm a happy person. <laughs> If that's what if that's what happens to this, I you, I, you will see the happiest geek ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for now, I'm for now you, I'm, get... I'm taking what pittance they give me. That's how it starts. Like the one twelve, the one twelve collective John Wick is kind of like all right, one six inch John Wick, and it's not NECA, excellent. But then, like then then you realize later that means the license is out there because you just saw three more. <laughs> friggin john wick yeah. announcements yeah and i'm like you know what figma john wick can't be far away because whatever mafx does figma was already working on it it feels like, like that's what this uh. that's what this one's doing to me because like good smiles got the license so like where's my figma yeah th- they are probably just working on it you know like that's what happened with overwatch right like i feel like they opened up with nendos and everyone's like what about the figmas and it's like yeah we were working on it now it's done impatient child here's your tracer and it's like all right and now they're on to like what the f- they've announced the fourth or fifth figma for overwatch so they're you know it's it's incoming i bet you um anything else off topic on your end uh nope that does it for me all right the only thing i've really got uh, freshly off topic to talk about. I got uh, an SH figure in the mail. I got uh, Kamen Rider Genmu Level 0, uh, which is a uh, not just a repaint of Genmu Level 2 with the purple stripes changed for silver. He also comes with uh, a Bug Visor Tsvai accessory, which I think is being seen for the first time in the line via this. Uh... And then, most importantly, when you open the package, they actually, this is the first time Fig Arts packaging has mattered. He comes with little, like, clear plastic um, life counter things you can have floating around him of, like, you know, 99, 98, and 97 lives. Mm-hmm. But he also comes with a big clear plastic, just like Shin Dun Kuroto standee of real life actor um, standing there in a pose with Shin Dan Kuroto in uh, kanji floating above him. So that's a big clear plastic standee that is also taped down over the front of the internal bubble of the box. So when you pull the bubble out, you are just greeted with a big Kuroto Dan uh, standee. <laughs> and it's it feels very on topic. And I'm like, you know yeah, what you were doing. That's very on point. Yes. Like you, it's like you feel like, all right. You know what? For the company that's also making two separate human form fig arts of this guy and who are doing the Kuroto redeco of uh, level of level 99 before the actual level 99 fig arts, I, I see that you understand the train you're riding on. So, uh, yeah, it's also, by the way, a very good SH fig arts toy. The just general Exaid level two is a really good body. Um, it seems all the good rider shows end up with good fig arts, uh, for the last few years. Um, although I will say I've been catching up on ghost. I'm kind of liking ghost, which is really bumming me out because I know that everything I heard about the ghost fig arts is that they are mediocre at best. Uh, which sucks because I do really like those suit designs and I'm getting more into the show now that I'm up to episode 30. Um, but yeah, that's all my off topic, uh, that I really have to talk about. Um, I, I mean, I picked up. I picked up some uh, some starters for another card game because I'm still in that phase, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, there's a Warhammer Age of Sigmar card game, which has a, a cool thing. It's they're the people who did I think Lightseeker is the game Play Fusion. Um, okay, 
they and this is all stuff that debuted at Gen Con that I got into about a week or two after Gen Con, which is pretty funny because it saved Aaron a whole lot of me pestering him over Twitter <laughs> for a weekend. But uh, this Warhammer game has this thing where it has an app where every single card is individually scannable. And then when you scan them, you gain ownership of the card in the app. And then they are going to have a digital version of the card game where basically you can play with all the cards you own physically because you can scan them all into the app. And in the scanning is AR style. So like a little symbol floats over the card in the, in the camera on your phone when you're scanning it. Scanning is super cool. Uh, it has a lot of trouble scanning most of the death faction cards because of the gray backdrop they're on. But that's, you know, part of the beta thing, I guess. Um, this is really neat that like the digital version of the card game is like we we figured out how to make sure you will have a digital copy of all your physical cards without having to get rid of either or. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that's all I really got going on off top this week. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Aaron, for joining me. Yeah. Thank you, TJ, for, for joining me. Of course. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you later on with some more WTF or TFW Transformers podcasting. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.